Hey, this is Karina, and this is the Mood Lab Podcast. I'll share with you my personal stories, learnings, and philosophies, as well as those of the people who inspire me. We'll cover topics ranging from self-intimacy, tantra, and emotional embodiment, to nutrition and movement, to business, leading a team, and so, so much more. Expect to be inspired, laugh, and learn. And because this one has to be short and sweet, let's dive right in. Hey you, and welcome back to The Mood Lab. I'm so excited, as always, to have you here. I had a wonderful conversation with Laura, and that's the conversation I'm sharing with you today. Laura is a certified functional nutritionist, a hormone health expert, and a successful wellness entrepreneur. She co-founded Health Coach FX back in 2014. She's the co-creator and teacher of the Women Empowerment Coach Certification Training, and she truly is just such a wonderful person to be around. She's, she's so cheery and, and lovely, and I just had the best time recording with her. Her mission is to free women from suffering anchored in hormonal imbalances. She has empowered thousands of women across the globe so far to take back their life and excavate their wildest dreams. Truly, this episode is so, so amazing to listen to. I can only highly recommend it. We talked about symptoms of hormonal imbalance, creating lasting hormonal balance. We talked about everything in relation to skin health, mood health, the female cycle. And we also talked about how women's health differs widely from men's health and how important that is also in research. We talked about just being a woman in a world that is not as cyclical as we are and dove into tips and tricks on how we can care for ourselves better. Laura also shared her story with us and how she got into all of this. And it's just such a wonderful, well-rounded conversation that we had. It was just so fun to have it so light and uh, beautiful and uh, I do believe that we can all take away so much of it so I truly truly encourage you to listen to it and without further ado I'm just gonna let Laura introduce herself. Hey Laura I'm so happy to have you here and to have this conversation today and as we do every time when we start this podcast it's your turn to introduce yourself let me know, let everyone listening know who you are, who have you, who have you been, like share your journey. I would really love that. Well, thank you so much for having me, Karina. I'm really excited to be here and a little bit about my story, where to start. <laughs> um, so nowadays I'm a hormone health expert and certified nutritionist, functional medicine certified health coach, which is pretty new and I'm excited about. So I did my studies uh, in the States because I wanted an international certification too. And I'm the co-founder of healthcoachafix.com, which I've been running with uh, my mother since 2014, where we help women all over the world basically to balance their hormones in a natural way using nutrition and lifestyle and movement and mindset and all those things and coaching as well. Um, yeah, to help really women conquer those hormone imbalances and step into their full potential and how I got there <laughs> is a bit of a personal story which I would love to talk about um it's uh it, it started actually already when I was a kid I was really often ill I was born with an immune deficiency so I had a lot of like antibiotics as a kid as well and already started struggling with illness a lot pretty young 
Um, then in my, um, like around 14, like 13, 14, I even had like, um, 10 weeks that I had to stay home from school. I had shingles and, um, I was almost like in this burnout state. I was just, I was as a kid, very active as well in sports and school and playing music. And it's just crazy when I think back of it, that that little girl was already just like burning herself out, but just like being so excited about life. I think that's also one of my strengths, like being so excited about everything. But I said yes to a lot and really wanted to be good at everything. And yeah, this, this kind of like, I, I got over that. I finished the year even in school and um, then fast forward to my early 20s. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease as well, lupus. Um, and there's also like a lot of things that started around the time I was, I was studying my master's in Copenhagen. And it was almost like something triggered this, this sudden like collapse of my health in a way. So um, I started dealing with a really weird cough, like almost if I was wanted to push something out of my system. Um, I had um, massive like problems, like really heavy pains and aches and bloating and couldn't digest many foods anymore. Um, my mood started to crumble. Um, my energy started to decline. I was like, what is this? Because I was re I'm really this kind of bubbly, positive person. I was like, wow, okay, this, I really was a bit like, okay, what's happening with me? And yeah, I found out that, that I was dealing with an autoimmune disease with several hormone imbalances and what I had basically triggered, which is always interesting as well when you talk about health, like you have this bucket and all these elements are filling in, right? Like all this, like I call it the stress bucket or like the energy, um, yeah, the energy taker, like bucket, everything that takes energy from you goes in this bucket. And at some point there's like often one incident that kind of lets this like put this the last drop and lets it overflow. And with me, it was at the time I was living in, I was, um, as I said, doing my um, studies in Copenhagen at the Copenhagen Business School. I was doing a business master. And um, I was living at the time in a furnished apartment and there was this um, cupboard, which I hadn't moved, but I was basically sleeping with my head in my bed next to that cupboard. And one day, like after living there for seven months, my boyfriend came to visit again and I said, oh, I want to rearrange my room. Like the light is there, it's spring. And I want to just, just, and then we took the cupboard away and it was this massive uh, mold on the, on the wall behind this uh, cupboard. And what we now suspect is that I basically inhaled like those particles because there was this similar mold, like this, um, like, yeah, like fungi that had settled in my, in my microbiome. And um, that was one of the, the things that triggered, like, because the gut, like, so much starts in the gut, right? So that's, yeah, that's what brought me to this whole journey. I found that out. I went to a nutritionist. She asked, which I thought was really interesting. In, like, her first question was not, what are you eating or what's your diet like? She asked, are you stressed? And I was like, eh, what does this have to do with that? And that was such a big eye-opener for me. I started crying a little bit because I was like obviously under a lot of stress at that point in my master. Company was super expensive. I was working a lot besides it to make it all work, um, to do my studies and and um, yeah make a living. And um, yeah, like I, I my my journey started there. I was so fascinated, and like a whole world opened itself up to me. And like after also trying out so many things on myself and doing all this like expensive blood tests and so on and gut tests um and then like basically at some point even standing in the supermarket and having had have had, had so much 
um, advice, like what I shouldn't eat. I was like, okay, I was in the supermarket and I thought, okay, I can only eat this cucumber now. I was totally lost, you know, it was so much information from experts. And, and I was like, okay, no, don't want ever, anyone to ever feel this way. And in the end, the things that helped my health so much were small steps that are really implementable and not cutting everything out. And um, like, of course, still doing like certain things and for certain times, periods of time, but it wasn't, um, yeah, so black and white and not so extreme in the end and in the end it was like okay I could have saved myself thousands of euros um, if I would have just immediately have known what were the right steps for me but this is like yeah this was like 2012 ish 2011 2012 so this was was quite a while ago I think nowadays now we know a lot more already like nutrition science, science is booming lifestyle science too um so yeah, that's a little bit my story of where I got then, where I am today. I started studying then part-time after my, I finished my master's in nutritional medicine in the Netherlands, became nutritionist and yeah, built my company, started working with women and um, yeah, that's how I got to where I am today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really amazing and I'm so excited to talk to you today about those topics and and those things that you're approaching nowadays with your clients and and really based on on your story which is amazing and there are already some points where I was just in my head like okay I can relate so much because especially for me as well during my study period so everything was kind of triggered I was always mm. also a very sick child so I can definitely relate to that um had a lot of antibiotics um and then while I was studying obviously stress levels skyrocketed to like the max I, I think I it was it wasn't possible to be more stressed and I also I for me it was my skin breaking out it was like very horrific and I was always like a teenager with like clear skin so it was like so horrible to experience that when you're way older and you think like by now everyone should have passed their puberty right so it's just not the right point to be fighting off skin issues and and all the other stuff um also definitely can relate to the part of being in a supermarket and being like okay I don't know what to eat anymore I, I definitely went through that as well. So it's it's just beautiful that there are solutions for all of that and, and that we have the power in our hands. And it's, for me as well, it was like a long, long journey. And uh, it feels like there is always obviously something that is still to learn. And it's uh, it's like a daily thing that just, um, yeah, it also it also becomes something beautiful as soon as you find the ways to, to work with uh, your body and to find the ways that actually yeah are doing good instead of bad <laughs> so so it's um yeah just just beautiful to hear that and and i mean the story just having that journey is obviously not so nice while <laughs> while one is experiencing all of that but it's just beautiful when we come out at the other end and we are having that opportunity to use that and and use that for good really and 100%. uh Thank yeah. you so much for also taking us a little bit along with your journey. It's so beautiful to see that, that you know, like once we open up and share these things that you really realize we're really not alone in this. Like there's so many women with similar stories and if it's the cycle or the skin or the gut or mood, there's like so many things related to hormone health and um, yeah. women's health essentially, you know, so thank you as well for sharing. Yeah, it, it is. And there is one more thing with like fungus or like those things and like mold and walls, it's I was when you said that it's just so funny because just today 
I talked with a friend of mine about the fact that I was in Italy last year for a couple of weeks and I was in this apartment and every night when I went to sleep and woke up the next day, I felt horrible. And during the day it would go away. And I'm like, I couldn't find anything in that room, but I'm sure there was something, there must've been some sort of like toxic stuff in, in that, in those old walls that just like impacted my health so much. I was like, so ready to go any day. And so it's so important that we actually take those environmental factors into consideration because it can really be just a wall and with something in it that can do all the harm. So yeah, I think that's so crazy to, to just even having to think about that, but it's, it's something that we need to think about. So yeah, the environment is just sorry that I interrupt no. <laughs> no I just want to say the environment is so so uh it's just so impactful it has so much impact on us that's all I wanted to say to that okay. now no, there's a really interesting documentary I will look it up as well maybe you can put it in the show notes on mold and it's really crazy like those those toxins what they can you know when we inhale them with some people it depends also there's I think there's even like a a gene mutation that decides how well you deal with that. Like that some people, like they don't feel it as much as others. So that's also so interesting because sometimes people then compare themselves like, oh yeah, but I didn't have problems in that room. And then you feel like, oh, and they start doubting yourself, but really always know that health is so biochemically individual and everyone's so yeah. different and everyone has a different biochemical makeup. And some people just deal, like that's proven by science that it's, some people just deal better with that than others. So yeah. Yeah, kind of yeah, really absolutely. Well, like played a role in that as well, like you experienced last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my friend was totally fine in the same room. I wasn't. Yeah, so so yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So I would love if we, especially while we are, you, you already introduced that topic so well with your story. Uh, I would love if we could go into into like the symptoms of hormonal imbalance. What is hormonal imbalance? Maybe we start there. Like, just what is that and and then what are symptoms of it I, I would love to just start there yeah and no, a really good question because hormones we always hear hormones hormones but what actually are they are is like chemical messengers in a way they, they really run the show for so many things that go on in our body um, they send messages basically all over the body and dictate basically every part of your life like really from your digestion your metabolism to your sleep quality your mood your cognitive function um, your immune system even your re reaction to stress and even if you take artificial hormones for instance it can even affect your partner choice or your body shape as well like and also in some cases it also affects your body shape like the natural hormones that you make as well so it's it's super interesting i think this topic it's so broad um, and basically what happens is that you have kind of like three steps. There's like this kind of thermostat in the brain. It's like um, the hormone master center, which I call it. It's like the hypothalamus. And that is kind of like constantly sensing what's going on outside of your body and inside of your body and relaying that information kind of um, to the next kind of hormone, master hormone gland, which is the pituitary gland. And that then really like starts to send messages to all other glands in your body and always in a particular order of priority as well. Like it sends messages to all those glands, like for instance, the adrenal glands, which are really important for cortisol production to help us deal with stress or our pancreas, which is um, responsible for producing insulin that helps us deal with our sugar metabolism, burning sugars, carbs and so on. Um, 
Then the thymus plays a role with the immune system, the ovaries, obviously, or in man testicles, or the, sorry, testis. <laughs> they are the, the gonorrhea glands that basically produce uh, sex hormones. The thyroid as well, which uh, a lot of women are struggling with as well nowadays. And um, yeah, basically what happens is that your body always wants you to survive situations. So if there is stress in some form, and especially during long-term stress or chronic stress, what happens is that it's really going to prioritize that signal to the adrenal glands to produce enough stress hormones. They are always like the number one because it's, your body thinks, okay, you need to survive. <laughs> and then, you know, like when that's all in order, then enough energy can flow to the thyroid gland as well. And then, you know, when that's all in order in the metabolism, you're warm and so on, and that's all fine, then it can, uh, yeah, have enough energy being sent to the ovaries or the testes um, to produce reproductive hormones. And I always compare that a little bit, but you can imagine it like as long as you're kind of running away from a stressor, because in your body, that's still the same stress reaction as like thousands of years ago. When you're in stress, like your body doesn't know it's maybe an angry email or a traffic jam or anything else like relationship or like those kind of like stressors that are maybe not life or death but your body can only respond to stress in one way and it's still that ancient way and what it does in that moment it puts all their things on hold and kind of in that moment prioritizes your survival and in that moment your body is not thinking oh i'm gonna digest now something nice or oh i'm gonna reproduce now and have like children in this moment that's not in that moment important and that's why, especially nowadays, we don't have that acute stress anymore that then when you escape the line kind of shuts down, we have long-term stress reactions where that system is activated for a really long time. So yeah, that's like basically, uh, I think the most important when it comes to hormones to, to kind of realize, okay, you know, it's all about energy. And if we are not having enough, like, um, relaxation and calm like and time to rest and digest it is gonna steal um hormonal power away from from certain glands you know that we think is are very important but they, as they're not important to our immediate survival they might become neglected yeah i love that you're saying it's like kind of like a priority lane so yes <laughs> first first the first things are sorted and and if if you're fine kind of and and uh, you're quote-unquote safe then only then it's possible for your body to actually truly function right to to have all its functions in place in a good way so that your body is actually truly healthy and, and and you will see that obviously in all facets of your being so it's such an important point and also what you said that it's so like stressors are so prolonged it's I, I guess we are we are always in nowadays we're all talking about chronic stress and I, I guess that's it right we are just like constantly stimulated and and also feeling feeling a lot of anxiety especially I know if it's something that women feel more I don't know if you know about something something about that but I feel like especially when I'm talking to women I always have that feeling that we are in a lot of anxiety constantly um, about life just thinking forward and backward and in all sorts of ways also putting us ourselves under pressure a lot yeah no 100 like the women's endocrine system is so sensitive it's almost like a butterfly that is sometimes being hammered with uh, like with a hammer you know like some like it's it's so delicate and and that makes sense because 
your body is constantly kind of in a way measuring as well if it's safe to bring a baby into the world, right? Like it's such a delicate balance that has to happen in order for that to be a safe activity for your body to survive through nine months of, you know, feeding something in your body and sharing energy um, supply. So that's why female bodies are just more attuned or like can also have like feel a bigger impact, like in terms of anxiety, emotional distress, mood swings and so on um, through stressors. Um, and also like this information age that we have nowadays with all this technology and all this information that, that it's just bombarded at us on a daily basis. I heard recently on a, on a podcast as well that the amount of information we receive um, nowadays in one day, I think it was 400 years ago, was what a person received in their whole lifetime. Yeah, I think something like that. I've, something I've like listened this, to right? something like that as well. I think maybe it was the same podcast. I think that was so eye-opening and that makes so much sense, like not just like for, for women, why they're so impacted by, by, by like stress, but also men nowadays. Like men also have hormones and it's, it's a different cascade, like in terms of what I just said, like that is really like the female pathway, but like for men as well, like uh, chronic stress is very harmful as well. So yeah, like it's a big modern day problem. Yeah. So basically, okay, you said with like all that stress that obviously can lead to hormonal imbalance and can be a big factor of that, or it probably always is, is a big factor in that. And uh, so I would love if we could go a bit in, in some of the symptoms, like how, how do we see that this is maybe something that affects us, which probably a lot of us are affected by, but I would love if we could go a bit in, in depth into that. Yeah, no, that's a really relevant and beautiful question because I think it also sometimes opens our eyes that some things that we might be experiencing might be due to a hormone imbalance and we're not aware of it because it's not something that comes sometimes with a big label like, oh, you have like, it could be this or it could be that. So I actually um, like would love to like talk about these five most common hormone imbalances because um, I think that gives a little, like a good overview, but there are many more. Uh, we also offer on our website, maybe that's interesting as well, we, we just uh, a year ago um, updated our quiz. We have always like a free quiz that people can take to see like what tendency of hormone imbalance they might be having. Like they fill out like around 100 symptoms and the system calculates what, what hormone imbalance you could be dealing that's with. That's cool. That's really, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It was really important to me to, to expand on it. We already had that for years, but we only had it with... Um, yeah, not like with, with five hormone imbalances, but like I now included nine actually, because like we found like so many more that are pretty common, like over the years and um, extended also this whole symptom list so that it's even like more precise your, your outcome and not just like three or four questions, but really like a, like a long list. So that could also be interesting if you, if you want to know more, but like to, to talk yeah. about like the most common one. So it's, um, first of all, I always like, uh, talking about the cortisol imbalance, like either having too high cortisol or too little cortisol, that's really coming with uh, symptoms like waking up feeling tired or not being able to fall asleep at night. Basically, the your circadian rhythm is ups like upside down. Like at night, you feel more active. In the morning, it's harder to to wake up. Not not being able to lose weight because your body kind of goes into this panic state and holds on to to all the energy it can hold on to because it thinks oh, I'm going into like when your body feels long-term stress it thinks I'm going into a hunger winter or into a war like I need to prepare and hold on to to like this future energy um supply which which is weight that we carry um digestive issues as well um having like a lot of stress can actually like 
um, prioritize bad gut bacteria. So you get like this gut dysbiosis and like the little, the, the good gut bacteria kind of like uh, neglected. Um, sleeping problems, like I just said, is all like also like staying awake during the night, like insomnia, these kind of things, and also feeling anxious and emotionally exhausted are signs of like having dealing with some kind of stress cortisol issue. Um, then another very common one is insulin resistance. Um, so insulin resistance is very common. It ends like its end state is diabetes type 2. Um, and insulin resistance is nowadays because we're born in a world when there's 24-7 sugar, that's actually not natural for our bodies. Like we used to have like sugar once a year when the harvest was kind of ripe and like the fruits came off the land and from the trees and so on. And we would eat a bit more like towards the end of summer and beginning of autumn, like to kind of become a little bit fatter or like build fat tissue to survive the winter where there wouldn't be so much sugar available. And nowadays it's totally different, of course, like we, we have like an Especially in no like white cane sugar, right? Like yeah. there was no like boxed package. No. Yeah. <laughs> like sugar cubes and all those things. No. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that's... um. Let's, 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 it's a really big issue and the, the numbers of diabetes type 2 are so much on the rise and there's a lot of um, sugar also causes a lot of inflammation in the body and inflammation is a big root of also many diseases. Um, so yeah, like, like if you can see yourself in things like having a lot of sugar cravings, not being able to skip a meal, feeling like hangry, um, experiencing bloating, because like often like the bad gut bacteria here as well, they love to kind of munch on sugar. Like that's their like ideal kind of like food. So they they like they, they keep on eating and eating and you get gas forming in the in the gut and so on. Also feeling less energy, having skin problems as well can be linked to this as well. Um, and eating something sweet after dinner also can also be an early indicator. Can also be habit <laughs> for sure. But yeah. if, if, if you see yourself in multiple... Um, Sometimes it can definitely be interesting to have a look into insulin resistance. And then um, another type, which I see very often, is uh, estrogen dominance. And estrogen dominance means you either have too much estrogen in the body or too little progesterone or both. So um, like your body, it wants this ideal ratio, ratio of estrogen and progesterone. And of course, that fluctuates throughout your cycle and that's totally normal but if it goes into kind of like an overload of estrogen in the body or like a really like um, deficiency in progesterone the body is showing symptoms like pms like the premenstrual syndrome and it's really like about all those cyclical symptoms that come once a month like tender or cystic breasts mood swings fluid retention those cyclical headaches and migraines um fatigue as well or night sweats in particular like with um Low progesterone, night sweats is also an interesting symptom. Painful periods and like a lot of estrogen, like too much estrogen in the body can end in things like endometriosis, or fibroids, different types of cancer as well in the future. And it's like a huge topic as well nowadays, like many uh, women are dealing with this. Um, another type, which I think is interesting, another hormone imbalance is um, too much testosterone. And that co comes often with um, acne, um, a reclining hairline as well, men-like hair growth on the face and the body, little to no menstruation, or on the opposite of the spectrum, like very heavy menstruation, it can occur um, both. 
um, fertility problems as well. And this is often this um, imbalance that can end in PCOS, so in polycystic ovary syndrome. And now I must say an important thing, because often when women are uh, diagnosed with PCOS, and they're told to lose weight because they think, okay, like the testo too much testosterone issue is linked to the insulin resistance and it's this insulin resistant type PCOS, but there's, there are many other PCOS types as well. And another important one to know is that if you have a lot of stress over a long time in some women that can actually then also uh, go hand in hand with testosterone dominance. So it can also be that you're just very stressed and you're not eating so much sugar or, <laughs> um, having this tendency to insulin resistance, but instead it's more this cortisol PCOS kind of problem uh, where your adrenals are overproducing cortisol and then also starting to overproduce um, like the male hormone. So um, yeah, that is another very interesting one. And also one which I think is important to, to that's why I mentioned it because often when you get that diagnosis, um, yeah, you feel like you get that advice, like, okay, leave sugar out, but maybe it's, maybe that's going to be even more stressful for you because you're maybe a very thin type. And then, you, you know, you, you have even less fuel in your body and it becomes even more stress. And then the polycystic ovary syndrome can get even worse. So that's important to, to, yeah, to find your PCOS root cause, so to say. That's always really important. And then the last one, um, which is also what you see very often, is um, thyroid issues, especially hypothyroidism, where the thyroid um, becomes slower, slows down. And that can result um, in symptoms like fatigue, like, like very like, yeah, ongoing fatigue, like heavy fatigue, cold hands and feet as well, weight gain, constipation, and also dry hair, uh, dry, dry skin, like a pale and swollen face, thinning hair, and also feeling like really negative feelings, uh, depressive mood, um, stiffness. Um, and those are kind of like many things that, um, yeah, that go hand in hand with, with thyroid issues as well. Which, like, there can also be a combination of things as well. Thyroid issues often go hand-in-hand uh, hand with estrogen dominance as well, for instance, or with the stress problem as well. So, yeah, there's, there's many others. There's things like low estrogen, which women, when they get older, but also younger and younger girls are experiencing where they don't get the period at all. Um, it's a common one as well. Or too, too fast thy thyroid as well can also be a problem. Or too low testosterone. I mean, women also need certain... Um, Level, oh, my voice, <laughs> level of testosterone. Um, so yeah, that's in a nutshell, the, <laughs> the different hormone imbalances. Yeah, th that's, I mean, especially like from the, the symptoms, I think these are a lot of things that a lot of women can identify with and that we've experienced at least one or the other time. And, and some of us probably have some sort of constant states with some of those things um, or experienced a constant state for a while with with those um, symptoms I also feel like I don't know this is just my like view on 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 the world and on on people around me that a lot of things we just term as like normal and we just go on with life and just say like okay yeah that's just how it is like my skin is just not really good and now I'm taking a treatment from like the outside I'm trying to like surface level trying to change that and and we just don't look deeper because we haven't learned to look deeper or it's just something that we feel like yeah it's, nothing's wrong with me I should be fine and uh, I mean I'm, I'm so glad that we are at this point right now where there is so much advice out there so much help that we can get and there's so much more awareness for those things 
but I, I guess like still, obviously we always have like a long way to go. There's always more that we can do or to, um, yeah, just especially uh, caring for ourselves more. It, it's always, it's always easy to just like get the knowledge level of something and to, to understand something on a surface level or to have re- having read about something before, but then applying it to yourself and seeing, okay, I really can change how I'm feeling. That's, that's always like a next step, which which I think is so important to, because we are, I mean, my, my take on life is like, we're here to feel good. Like we're not mm-hmm. here to suffer. We're not here to be, I, I guess for me, I was at this point, I, I've shared this a lot of times on, on this podcast, but I was at this point in 2017 where I wasn't able to really go, go out of my home and I wasn't really able to, to live life at all. So like my kind of passion came out of or, or mission came out of, okay, I really want everyone, including myself, to be able to actually conquer life and to live life mm-hmm. and design our lives the way that we, we want to live it. So I think it's such an important, important part to, because like, I guess there's even that book which says like hormones rule our world and, and they kind of do. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you so much. This is really important work that you're doing to, by sharing your story and that these darker phases in life you know they they like we're not alone in that and that you're now sharing also like you know you want to live life to the fullest and sharing all these tools and interviews and expertise and know-how from from yourself and your own experience and and other people and I think it's so so valuable what you're doing I really applaud you and it's such a beautiful mission that you're on like to really live you want to live life and not suffer through (laughs) life I mean that's what life is for and like exactly what you said with this we kind of become like accepting of this suffering and it's so like we have almost like this and you can see it as well in the statistics or in in data like that we have this almost like shifting baseline of what is normal and like what was normal 50 years ago 100 years ago a thousand years ago in terms of terms of our health it's so different nowadays like you know like nowadays you can even see it in 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 um in in a lab lab in blood results for instance they always take the average of the lab and that is like the healthy standard but if you have a lot of people that are not feeling well doing tests at that lab then the average automatically is not so healthy than if you would for instance um do it te- like maybe take a lab that was 50 years ago or a lab that has athletes in their top shape that do a lot of blood tests there so it, it's really interesting and also what you said with the root cause like to really like often we like what you said with the skin as well often then we mask that issue instead of looking kind of like under the hood of the car and seeing okay what's what's happening here with the engine like we rather like stick kind of like a piece of tape over that like kind of like alarm light that you can appear on your dashboard to just ignore it and like okay we don't see the light like the problem is gone but that's yeah. not happening you know that's a bit like what we have often with medication or not that i say that some in- medication isn't essential but like we often mask um with for instance the the anti-concept like the conception so we mask like hormone issues that we might have had already since our teens and then when we stop the pill around when we want to get pregnant all these symptoms come back again that we were dealing with in our teenage years because we haven't addressed the root cause in the meantime so it's really relevant what you just said like it's really important and yeah thank you for also sharing that like what you and your story here on the podcast i'm definitely going to listen through all your episodes <laughs> that's super fascinating <laughs> thank you thank you so much yeah I I would love that I I would love if we could go a bit into okay 
what can we actually do to create hormonal balance? Like, I mean, obviously, big factor is stress. So eliminating that, which is very hard in today's society. So I would love if you could just give us your take on that. Like, what are some things that we that we can do to yeah, help ourselves? Yeah, no, really good question. Um, like, they're, they're, sometimes they're so simple, you know, the steps to take, you just have to know maybe the nuances of some of some bits. Like, for instance, what I really highly recommend is that at least, like, let's start with the stress run, right? Because we know, like, from the priority list and the pathways that it's such an essential one. So really making sleep your absolute priority. And I even myself, like, I, I still struggle with sleep sometimes, but it's such an underestimated instrument for your health it's such a beautiful medicine that we have at our disposal and really making that an, a priority and maybe really making an evening routine to not be on our devices for so long which have blue light and disturb our natural circadian rhythm and keep us awake longer and not have us fall asleep so deeply um, but instead find something that is really that you enjoy that that unwinds you that like that calms you down in the evening so Maybe it's a sound bath uh, audio that you put on, or maybe you read a book, or maybe you take care of your makeup and take a nice shower, or do something for you, or journal, like write about gratitude, like three, th three things that made you grateful, like whatever it is, like but like create some kind of like ritual for yourself to to honor your wind down as well. Like often we have this kind of boost in the morning and we push ourselves and maybe. Like it, it's like more common often with my, with my customers as well that they have already maybe some sort of morning routine. I mean, like whatever you do in your morning is your morning routine, basically. But a winding down routine is not often like most of the time we're like until last minute on our phones and then try to fall asleep. And it's so like that goes against our biochemistry. It's just not really, you don't really give your body a chance there. Um, so lack of sleep is also a big factor in, in hormone imbalance, but also under eating or overeating. So um, many women, they tend to like avoid protein, for instance, and protein is so important. It's really a building block, like everything, like, you know, a building block to build with in your body, to build hormones with as well. Um, and going like either very low carb or like eating just like some leaves of salad in the, in the, in at, around lunchtime might not be enough, like to, to keep your hormone levels up and same counts as well like if we eat constantly which is also what happens often nowadays as well like we constantly snack or like when we're feeling emotional or stressed we also like our body is kind of craving like in a moment that it's stressed it's kind of like screaming for sugar because it's quick energy <laughs> instead of healthy fats and proteins it's harder for the body to digest quickly and quickly like extract energy from there your body wants quick energies and stress stressy times so we become kind of like addicted to sugar and carbohydrates. And this can really lead to those particular hormone imbalances linked to this insulin resistance, the testosterone dominance or the estrogen dominance. Um, so that as well. Then how would, uh, just a question to that, how would maybe like um, a balanced day with like for food uh, look like? Can you, can you talk about that? How, yeah. how could that look like? Yeah. Wait, I actually have a really good overview for that. Um, <laughs> I will put the formula in your show notes, but it basically it's really yeah. important to every day think about your macros and to, to eat them in a balanced way and to know what the healthy types of those macros are. So you have basically your protein, your carbohydrates and your fats and to really make sure it's not inflammatory food. So I think that's like the key word when it comes to diet 
is to make sure that those foods that you're eating give your energy and it doesn't cost more energy to digest them and it doesn't activate your immune system. So there are certain foods that trigger your gut to such an extent that, for instance, it can cause leaky, leaky gut as well, in which like food particles are leaking kind of into your bloodstream. So everything we put in our mouths, it's kind of still, it sounds a bit weird, but it's still it's, it's called milieu exterior. So it's like still, it's exterior still. Yeah. It's, not, it's not in your bloodstream yet. So it's still like everything from your mouth to where it goes out again in the toilet. It's kind of like you can see it. Yeah, you know these jelly things that you could turn inside out? Like, like yeah. the game thing. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, yeah, these were so fun. <laughs> yeah, fun. And I, I love, like, that's actually the perfect metaphor for the body, you know? Like, yeah everything outside our body is like you know outside of our skin but then also everything we put in our bodies it's still like kind of like that whole digestive tract is kind of outside as well and yeah, it shouldn't be free floating it should just it pass through yeah <laughs> exactly that and then the right thing should be absorbed like best like if they have been digested completely down like to the way they're supposed to be like to be and then best bioavailable and absorbable for your bloodstream um but what happens nowadays is a lot that, for instance, with uh, gluten, which is linked to quite some hormone imbalances as well, especially the thyroid issue. Gluten is kind of like this blocker, <laughs> you can say. Like I always like, so you can imagine that your, your gut, like when the food passes through and the food particles have been broken down, your, your, your gut kind of like has this opening sliding doors to kind of let the food go into the into the bloodstream and then it should close again when kind of these harmful substances are passing passing like yeah. toxins and bad bacteria and so and fungi and all those things that you don't want to have in your bloodstream but when when you have a lot of glu gluten and your body can properly deal with it it's kind of like the gluten is going in like to sit in between those opening and closing doors kind of like you can imagine like a stone on the floor in, in the airport where you have the opening and closing doors and the doors aren't properly closing anymore. And, and by that, actually, what happens is that these food particles that are not completely broken down or like these harmful substances, they kind of like leak into the bloodstream. And then you really are in trouble because then your immune system has to be activated to fight it. And your immune system is very expensive. It's like a very selfish system. It's like, I'm most important. I'm here for survival. <laughs> I'm helping this person, you know, conquer this issue. Um, so I'm going to put all the energy on that. And by that as well, other processes like um, hormone production of other other important hormones or other important systems or organs in your body, they're just kind of getting neglected while your immune system is cleaning that up. Um, so thinking about leaving these inflammatory factors out, and it's especially sugar, dairy, and gluten. Um, and especially like in those phases where you're very in a very imbalanced state, to really give your body like kind of like a chance to get out of that, it can be helpful to do, for instance, like an elimination uh, time of those um, of those particular foods. So that that can be very helpful as well. But I, I always don't like so much to only tell people what they should leave out. So I really always focus like, especially when, when people start to first focus on getting more veggies in, getting more colors in, eating the rainbow. There's so many building blocks and phytonutrients and each color almost has like a different function in the body for different sy systems and hormones and organs and tissues and cell repair. Um, and it's very uh, beautiful to then say like, 
okay, you're eating on average eight different vegetables a week, go for 20. Try some crazy things in your supermarket, have fun with it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like it's really, I love when things are simple, like cutting things <laughs> roughly and putting them on the oven plate is totally like, I'm not like, it doesn't have to be a culinary uh, crazy recipe, but to to just experiment and have, have fun with it. I think that's um, like in terms of food, uh, very, uh, very important. And then like besides stress and food, a third big part is endocrine disrupting chemicals. That's really, and we see it more and more now, like actually very interesting um, book came out last year, which I highly recommend from Dr. Um, Shana Swan, she's called, um, it's called Countdown. And it really shows the links, like she's an epidemiologist and an endocrinologist and has been studying for over 40 years, the effect of these chemicals that came into our world on our hormone systems, on our endocrine um, system. And the effect like the harmful effect that it has given us like in our society as well like it has an effect on testosterone on the thyroid on estrogen um it's it goes very far it has even it can have neurodegenerative effects as well like it's it has an effect like on our children like already nowadays they find an average of 200 chemicals in the umbilical cord um which is like so not cool <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I think, <laughs> you think that's the purest, you know? Like that's like yeah, that's like before anything should even have like touched the child, yeah. and and it's already there. It's it's really scary. It's really scary, and I think that's I think that's one of the most important um, factors we really need to wake up to right now as a as a species. And in her book, actually, she she explains that in the last um, fifty years. Sperm count, for instance, in men as well, because men are also affected by this. We should forget it as well, but like women, of course, as well. But that sperm count study from, of her was so shocking in that um, like the fertility is now declining globally 1% every year. And that's... Yeah, like, I've heard about this. Yeah. It's actually, that's, that's crazy. It's really scary and crazy. And yeah, and it's especially just things like plastics. I mean, I think we're aware, like microplastics, like there's a study from 2000... 17 i believe or 2019 from the university of newcastle uh, in australia and was in collaboration with the wwf where they found actually that um people get an ingest an average of five grams of microplastics a week so it's like um i would have to check it i will put it i will link the study wasn't it something a like the size a of a credit card exactly. or something yeah i don't know if it was per year or per month or week or yeah, week or per month yeah but not per year. It's like really shocking. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's, crazy. Yeah, really yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So that's another big one. Yeah. So I always say like toxins, stress and nutrition are your kind of yeah. biggest tools to, to play with um, when it comes to your hormone balance and, and, and what, it's things that are doable as well. So, yeah. Yeah. What is, what is your recommendation for toxins? Like, are you like a fan of like changing up your skincare or, or because this is something obviously a lot of us are neglecting, I guess. Um, for me, it's been a big, big one for years now, like only trying to buy the cleanest products that I can, can find. Uh, I think that's so important. What are some of the recommendations that you have, have there? Yeah, really good question. I, I like what you're talking about in terms of produce, for instance, right? Like to go for organic produce and especially you have these lists of the clean 15 because it can get, it can get expensive as well. And then the clean 15 are still foods that are like, or fruits and vegetables that, um, 
it's kind of safe to buy um, not organic, but with there's the dirty dozen, and it's especially those kind of like for instance grapes or peaches or like things where you eat the skin or the skin is very thin as well that are very important to to eat um, organically to avoid those pesticides because also another thing is that we have like kind of like a maximum threshold of a, of a pesticide that can be sprayed on a fruit for instance or a vegetable but then what often happens as well is that then to really make sure that the, the fruit or the vegetable isn't like attacked by um, I don't know, certain things that break it down or like that bacteria or bugs or things like that. That's why, of course, crops are sprayed with that. Um, what, what, what often happens is then that they spray, for instance, up to 23 different pesticides on it. And we don't even know like what two, like what one pesticide does in the long term in our bodies and let alone like the combination of creating this kind of like chemical cocktail. We don't even know the interaction of these chemicals in the body. So, yeah, like where you can really focus, like to, to avoid those dirty dozen, um, drink from glass and um, stainless steel if you can, like don't drink, um, if you can avoid it. I mean, of course, you need to drink your water as well. And sometimes you're in situations and then I also say, don't beat yourself up, you know, you're doing your best. But if you can drink from uh, glass, like I always have those big bell jars that I just fill with water. We also have a water filter Um installed on our on our tap or you can me too me too so important <laughs> so yeah exactly that's really helpful as well um and then other things like what you said as well like um cleaning products skincare products body personal care products really yeah make sure that um yeah you you go for the cleanest option for instance like i, I for instance switched as well to a um, shampoo that is in a block like some small steps you know you don't have to immediately like like some people are like that they throw immediately everything out and then go <laughs> like a new to like with a fresh new uh chapter in mind like to, to the to the um yeah to to the store um and others are doing like you know finishing the product yeah. and replacing it but um yeah I, I I'm more of that like all or nothing person <laughs> I'm like when I know something I'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah. it's like honestly I've had I've had moments where I decided on something and I I would just like just throw away everything that I wouldn't want to have anymore and I I would go out and buy what I would want to have instead and obviously that's very extreme but that's just how I've always worked yes. with everything no so, I, I totally relate to that that's really cool <laughs> Yeah. yeah you have like yeah. a magic thing that you really loved in this kind of like cleaning up process that helped you like a thing or like a tip or... for me I I mean for me really I'm, I'm doing like the things that you basically just touched upon I'm really doing those things I have like I'm trying to uh, be mindful of buying as much organic foods as I as I can and I'm always judging I'm not always I, I, I know the list of the dirty dozen and the and the clean 15 I've I think I've stumbled across them when I was at university. So it's already a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but what I always do is just like judging from how thick the skin is and how much I'm anyways cutting off. This is often how I do it, just because it makes it a bit easier while I'm in the supermarket. And I'm really trying to buy as much organic as possible. So it, for me, it's like this thing of, I, I know it's more expensive, but I rather want to spend my money on that instead of like, spending it on something else so that's just just a choice I made along along the way and then also obviously with like um the things I'm washing my laundry with and 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 also home cleaning products I'm trying to buy the ones that are 
more natural uh yeah. the the most natural that i can that i can find um obviously i'm also like you said it's not perfect because a lot of things are just they work better when there's a bit more chemicals in, in them so i'm trying to obviously not beat myself up with that that's oh. that's a really it important cause more stress i think that's yeah that, that's <laughs> yeah and I, actually i've experienced that back when i when i kind of first discovered all of those things i definitely experienced more stress from trying to to be yeah trying to be perfect with yeah. that because it kind of really yeah caught me off guard of like oh my god this world is like insane i need to like fix this and yeah. um and it was for me with like food with everything i i kind of went down like a very extremist way of being like okay wait i have to bounce back a bit from that in order to yeah to just be a bit more easygoing with myself and not stress myself out and to be able to eat in restaurants and everything because yeah. I mean there are a lot of people I feel like I mean I'm listening to a lot of podcasts health podcasts etc and I often hear a lot of people who are like very much on the life performance path of trying to be like the best versions of themselves who don't go out to have any food in, in a restaurant and mm -hmm. I'm and I feel like for me especially with that for example I do appreciate having company more. I value that more than knowing, okay, this, I'm, I'm still, for me, I'm always choosing like plant foods, um, but I value the company more than having like the perfect food on my, on my plate every time. So I think these are just like little things that I kind of try to navigate over time, but it wasn't, at first it was kind of hard to, to figure that out. I think you really raise a really um, important topic because that's also what I experienced when I started my health journey that it can you can can become such a perfectionist and everything and it becomes more stressful and and if we look at the wheel of life which is like a coaching tool that I love working with as well the social part is so important as well and then you know like connection and having like valuable relationships that you know like nourish us as well and um and often that hap happens over sharing food you know so it It, it is, and especially like you having also experienced a kind of darker time where you couldn't go, go out into the world and like really knowing life is to be lived. I think that's such a beautiful mantra. And for me as well, I'm like, I want to enjoy those moments as well, right? And everything also like in balance, like it doesn't mean like that that we're now like, you know, every day in, in restaurants eating out. And But like if it's every now and then, like we should also be able to, to enjoy that. And I always feel like our body if it's only given half a chance, it has so much healing potential. Like it can do things as well. It can detoxify, you know, like it has detoxification systems as well to get this stuff out or, you know, um, especially if we're in a healthy state, we can deal with a lot as well. It's just sometimes that we become in such a kind of deficient, exhausted, imbalanced state that then maybe for a while it's smart to do maybe like some kind of reset to get it kind of like back to like a function, well-functioning level and then try to do <laughs> those those things again more but maybe like it can be helpful to maybe for a while be a little bit more like focused on it and then but not not that it that it turns into for instance also in terms of food and diet right like into orthorexia because so many women also experience um uh eating um disorders and and orthorexia is a relatively new one in which we only want to eat clean food And that can also be harmful in a way in a psychological level and a stress level, right? And and um, then it becomes kind of like an obsession and that's also not helpful for us in the end. And 
it's it's also another topic that is so common among among um, people nowadays and especially women as well. Um, so yeah, like very good that you raised that as well. Like to not like I always like saying eighty twenty, and maybe in 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 times of kind of like going like at the moment we're doing a community cleanse now, and then maybe it's like ninety ten or like ninety five five percent, you know. Um, but don't beat yourself up when here and there you fall for a second off the bandwagon. <laughs> so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big supporter of that. So I love that. I love also that this is kind of your mantra as I as I'm gathering from this. I I would love I've I think it's been years ago, but I at one point heard you talking about um, about fasting. And I would just love you could touch up on that for a moment because it's um, been becoming such a trend to do intermittent fasting. So mm-hmm. to not eat in the morning and I'm not sure if I'm, maybe I'm mistaken, but I think back then I, I heard you talking about that it's not so easy to, to also apply that to a woman. And and I know that on your Instagram, you're also talking a lot about how a lot of things are just tested or studied for men. So mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you would want to touch up on that for a second, because I think this is just a very interesting topic, uh, especially because for myself as well, I I. I I do intermittent fasting sometimes because I'm just not a big morning eater, but I'm not strict, for example, on a time, like when am I going to start eating? It's just very intuitive and I don't know. It, it really differs every day. But um, but just, um, I'm wondering uh, if you have any news on that. <laughs> yes, no, it's such an important question because it is such a trend. And with that, exactly like you said, often with health trends, we automatically assume, okay, this is for everyone. And like for men and women, but also for every person. And that's just not the case in terms of fasting, because in, for some hormone imbalances, it can it can be really effective. And for instance, if you're dealing with this insulin resistance to kind of teach yourselves again to become sensitive to insulin, it can really be helpful to have like certain windows without food to like kind of like force your body as well again to start burning body fat and so on. But it can also really in some cases do more or in many cases, when it comes to women as well, because it can do more harm than good as well, especially, for instance, if you do like those very harsh forms of intermittent fasting. Um, I always say like kind of like what I would recommend. First of all, don't fast on your period. Like that's like that's a time where your body really needs more energy. So really like be careful with that because you don't like and that's happening often nowadays is that when women go into this overtraining, under eating mode that they lose their cycle and the cycle is not just there, you know, to, to help you ovulate and menstruate, but it's really essential that you have this healthy cycle for so many other um, for so many other processes in the body as well. Like your estrogen is not just linked to, uh, oh, she's, uh, you know, fertile or not. It's like estrogen has so many other um functions in the body too so we need estrogen as well we need the progesterone progesterone is an amazing calming hormone as well that we want enough of and if we play enough like what i said before if we play enough at testing our endocrine systems tolerance to the limit it's really like almost like hammering a butterfly like the endocrine system is so sensitive when it doesn't get food the, the signal that your body gets sent, and especially when it doesn't get food for long periods of time each week, each day, your body is saying, okay, there is a law, there is like a, either there is no food, 
because your body like cannot see that there is food in the world around. Like, of course, you can see with your eyes, but just, our bodies are not that evolved yet that it can just like my side be like, oh, we're... of course, you can tell yourself you're safe, and that of course I can imagine in some way has like a, a calming effect. But there is like when there's no food, your body's like, hey, there's a hunger coming. This is not a time to get pregnant, so I'm gonna you know stop those systems. Like we're gonna wheel in the the cycle this is not important right now we want to slow down the thyroid because she's not getting enough food so we need to save energy so we're gonna make sure that she burns through her food slower so that we have longer like (laughs) like energy uh, in the body left um and that's why like i like it is just a very delicate system because like whenever when the moment you get pregnant, this fetus is really gonna like this embryo and then the fetus, the unborn child is really gonna like get a lot of priority in your body. It's gonna be like it's gonna be important to help that fetus survive. So your body's gonna like really send a lot of energy there and it wants to make sure that before you get pregnant that it's in a safe environment so that there's no hunger, that there's no war. And if it's done too extreme, this overtraining, under eating, extreme fasting, it can just like, yeah, it can kind of be the drop that over like let the like leads to the hormone imbalance cascade and brings everything, uh, like messes everything up. So what I, what I what I often recommend, like like I said, like for the insulin resistant type, it can be really helpful, right? But then also like do it in a certain way. Like I have kind of like this way that. Also, when there is like a history with um, eating disorder or when women are on the period or when they're sick or when they don't have their period at all at the moment, I would not recommend it. Or when they're dealing with a lot of stress, in, like it's really important in, in, the, in those times of your lives or in those situations to, to maybe stay away from it. And like if you're like in a, in a healthy shape and you want to try it out, I mean, it has a lot of benefits as well, right? Like there is like benefits as well to, to this method, like especially like in the clearing of like the, the cell health, like it's like really helping with this aptosis where there's like, you know, like the, the like they have the cell and like the, the mass is kind of like cleaned up. I'm not explaining this really well in English. <laughs> um, so there is a lot of benefits. It makes your cells more insulin sensitive, though. but really make sure that, um, you maybe don't fast on consecutive days too many, like if it's like happening now and then, like I also like you, I have a very similar approach that I do it intuitively that, you know, like there, there are just some days where I start eating later. Um, but maybe try to make the, keep the window like between 12 to 14 hours that you don't eat. So maybe in the evening you um, stop eating at seven and then the next day you're you have your breakfast at eight or nine for instance like that would be like a 12 or 14 hour window where you where you wouldn't um eat so that would be your fasting time um that, that is anyways really health, healthy to not eat too late into the night and so on so that that would already be a perfect <laughs> uh, way to do it but yeah really to not do it on consecutive days not too extremes so and not make you the windows like i mean there's fasting methods right that you don't eat 24 hours um, and you do that like two or three times a week. I would like, yeah, really listen well to your body before you decide on such an extreme. Yeah. So I, I once uh, once got that recommendation to do that once a week to to not eat for a whole day and like okay. doing that. And and I did never I did never do that. I did never start that because it just did not feel right to me. 
And I, I also, I still believe that it's not, it's not for me for sure. No, yeah. yeah, and everyone is different, feel good. right? If your intuition, yeah. I really believe intuition is so <laughs> valuable, and we should yeah. use it more and listen to it. But a body knows best. I think in so many situations, in relationships, at work, in day to day things that happen with our food. If we look at our plate, like if we hear such an advice, your body gets a reaction, and we can take that seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is so true. Yeah, I really, I really love all that you just said, and it's it's such good, uh, yeah, it's such good insights to to start with. And obviously, this topic is so deep. Like, <laughs> obviously, we probably could talk about it for hours, and there's so much more information to to, to go into. But we're kind of coming up on on the hour, so I would love if you could, yeah, just share one thing with us that you wish more humans would know about, and that touches you deeply. Something that you really just wanna want everyone to know about. Something, yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> what 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 recently really touched me is a topic is the feminine masculine. I'm sure yeah. you also, yeah, I saw it somewhere. It's my well. favorite topic. Yeah, your favorite topic. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's a beautiful way to end it. I think it's so insightful. It has helped me so much. Like, it's so, uh, I, it's, it's, it's brilliant, I think, like, in what it can do. And I really believe so much in, like, in order, like, ah, that's the thing we forgot to talk about, that many studies are done on, on men, like the average man in that's 35 years old, 170 to 175, like that's the global kind of standard man that is used in, <laughs> in scientific studies. But And I think that that is really an important thing to know as well. Like maybe it's also like to this question that that women aren't included in those studies, but then the, the conclusion is kind of like generalized to the entire public, right? To, to men and women and of all ages. And that's just really not the way to do it like women's health is just different from men's health and um to really like for me it's really important to work towards this world where women also get a, like a seat at the table right in policy making in health data health science in health uh, advice as well um in in business it's so important for me this women empowerment topic and that's something i really I think I really motivated as well in, in mission to accelerate, like to do something that helps accelerate this transition. And our tool is then coaching and education. Like we also um, have a women empowerment coach training now um, since one year, but that's really something that's very close to my heart. And I think this feminine masculine is so beautiful because it shows that we all carry feminine and masculine qualities. And it's like the perfect kind of like way of like, if you would, kind of extend that to the worldview or like the collective, the collective also needs to embrace both sides. And at the moment it's not, at the moment that's unbalanced and 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 the masculine qualities are more celebrated or um, it's it's like what we have kind of made it more important in our current world. And I think there the feminine can still really rise in both men and women. Um, yeah, that's that's maybe the thing that I would still <laughs> like to share. Yeah, I I really love that. I I'm such an advocate for for this topic because um, also I do believe that the way that we are doing like feminism feminism nowadays and how we are trying to be so like this I I don't know how to describe it best, but being like this boss woman yeah. and being so much like men, I think this is like kind of our, that's more like our own downfall. And, mm -hmm. and what I see is, and I really loved how you just said that 
like as a woman sitting at the table yes but as a woman and not as like mm. this masculine energy but this feminine energy and and really working from that and yeah. and that obviously helps us tremendously with our own health and and also that would obviously when we allow ourselves to be in that feminine as as a woman and and that helps with like all our health that also allows for for the whole world to change around us because it accordingly obviously adjusts and and that is yeah I think that's just so important it's such a it's such a huge topic but also I feel like there's I mean there's so much to do in that there's so much work to be done um but it will only do us good so I really love that we end with that <laughs> yes no thank you so much you said that so beautifully it's so inspiring and it's really like to to allow that more in and to know that that is also an important part and and like in women and also in men like that the whole collective yeah. the whole world like can yeah. really benefit I think from this rise of the of the feminine energy and yeah you said it yeah. so wonderfully thank you for for that it <laughs> was really philosophical I love listening to that <laughs> thank you so much yeah thank you so much for having this conversation with me and for being here uh as like the very last thing you can let everyone know where people can find you and obviously I'll link everything in the show notes so it will be there but uh, you can just like yeah let everyone know right now yeah so you can find um about our work at healthcoachfx.com that's our website and we also have an instagram with the same name healthcoachfx and my personal instagram account is laura van der first so it's a, it's a bit of a difficult name but i'm sure yeah. you can i'll it. note it down below so it will be it will be easy to to find yes. and uh yeah so thank you so much thank you for taking your time i really loved this so so much thank you so much karina it was really really lovely talking with you very inspiring i loved it thank you mm -hmm.